I'm your co-host, Michael Soto. And I'm your co-host, Landon Phillips. And And we we are are Gender Gender Curious. The ways human beings experience and understand gender is always changing and evolving because human beings are always changing and evolving. This podcast is all about exploring all things gender with curiosity, not judgment. This podcast is for everyone who, like us, is interested in learning more about all things gender. As author Jill Churchill said, there's no way to be a perfect mother and a million ways to be a good one. Today we're joined by the closest thing you can get to a perfect mother, my mom. She's the best. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So we'll get to hear her story today, talk about motherhood, uh, talk about what an awesome child I am, what a great mom she is, (laughs) and we'll talk about Michael's mom as well. I'm so excited to get into it. Let's get curious. Let's get curious. Hi, Mom. Hi. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for inviting me. It's good to be with you guys. I'm so excited to have you here. You've been our podcast's biggest fan. Yeah. We'll post. We won't have said anything about posting. We won't, like, I won't put on our social media that we've published an episode until, like, 6 p.m. because that's when it's busiest. But we'll post at 1135, and immediately we have one listen. And I text you, and you're like, yeah, it was me. I love it. So I really I appreciate your support of our podcast. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, that's what moms are for, right? <laughs> yeah, I love your podcast. It's fun. It's It's gotten me thinking about things in a different way. So mm-hmm. I appreciate it. That's awesome. You guys are both great at it. Uh, well, we're really excited to have you as a guest. We You were one of the first people we wanted to have on the show as a guest. So very excited that you're joining us for Mother's Day. Thank you. Yeah, and Thank happy you. Mother's Day. Thank you so much. <laughs> so let's talk about moms. So maybe let's start with the thoughts about why moms are important in general. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, um, I've always wanted to be a mom. Aww. And... Um, I think, you know, lately I've been talking with um, some other women. We're talking about just um, roles of women and expectations of women. And actually, your podcast kind of spurred that um, on your your episode on gender roles, just kind of spurred a conversation with some moms. And um, and I. I always really, really enjoyed being a mother and wanted to be. That was one of my goals. Like I went to college and everything. I have a degree, but I still knew I wanted to stay at home with my kids and in conversation with other moms and hearing, you know, how they also enjoyed that experience, but they also felt that they were kind of missing out on something that Mm -hmm. maybe they wanted to do a part of their life that they didn't get to do because, um, the expectation of them staying at home, um, you know, with their children. And it kind of dawned on me that, I don't think I've ever felt resentment for those kind of things because I've always done exactly what I wanted to do. And I did it because I wanted to, not because it was a expectation of me or a gender role. I was like, felt like I had to fulfill. So, um, so I've always just really wanted to be a mom and stay home and just be an influence in my own kids' lives. And I think I had two mothers that, um, raised me throughout my life and just having them there and having them support me like that was meaningful to me and I wanted to be that for my own kids so 
I love that. I don't know if I answered your question. But. You definitely did. I mean, moms are so important. I mean, I think that for, for me, my mom has been sort of my greatest example in life. You know, my, my biggest cheerleader, my biggest fan, my greatest example of everything I want to be in lots of ways. And so I just, I think moms are so important and, you know, just help us navigate the world in a way that has made me a better person. And I don't know. I love that. You've always wanted to be a mom. My mom also always wanted to be a mom. So that's really cool to get to do something that you've wanted your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, sounds been, really rewarding. It's been a journey and an adventure for sure. <laughs> it's bet. not what I expect. Or I, it didn't, it exceeded my expectations, I suppose, but it was not what I expected. I like that. just uh, the, the adventure of it. Like I never, I guess we'll get into that maybe more in the podcast, but I just, um, I don't know what I, I thought motherhood was going to be like at the time, Yeah, but it's different. It's different. <laughs> <I love> it. <laughs> and it's been great. Oh, that's awesome. Oh my gosh. That is just really cool. I, I really admire people that take on parenting and moms, especially because that is not an easy role to fulfill in our society. And so much is expected of moms and you know, that just, that's a really big role and a really important one for kids. So, so what is your favorite part about being a mom? Well, let's talk about what like, what is your motherhood? You have five kids. I feel like that's important to address in this <laughs> I do have conversation. Kids. You've got five. You've got quite and a few. And maybe we could say, like, right now they uh, range in age from mm-hmm. 16 to 28, wow. pretty much. Wow. Um, so I'm kind of through the little stage, yeah. and I'm into the mostly I have four young adults and one teen still at home. And so um, now what was your question? What is... What's your favorite part? Oh, my favorite part. So you had a a wide range of types of children um, and raised them through very many stages of life. So having had that experience, what's your favorite part? What's the most rewarding part for you? You know, it's interesting because um, when when you guys were little, when all my kids were little, I, I always would get sad when a stage was over, right? Like, and I had five kids, so like, when my oldest moved, like, let's say my oldest went to kindergarten, I still had young kids in preschool. And so like, I still was enjoying that stage. But when like the whole preschool stage got over, I was so sad to leave that stage. And I thought nothing's ever going to be as fun as that stage. And then, and and same with the baby stage, right? Like, Oh, they're so cute. And then I'm like, Oh, I don't want them to grow up. I want them to stay little like this, but then they get to the next stage. And then I find something, you know, I found something so cool about that next stage. And then I went through that and enjoyed it so much. And then I thought, oh, I don't want this stage to end. And then they get to the next stage. And then I'm like, oh, wait, this is actually pretty cool, too. (laughs) And it's really fun to see my kids getting older and making choices and enjoying life and all the seeing what they get, uh, what they become interested in and excel in. And so then that was fun. And then, you know, so actually, it's really hard to say what is my favorite stage because I learned to find all the cool things about every different stage that my kids were in at the time. Um, I'd say um, it's actually really been rewarding to see, like, it's a hard part, but it's a really rewarding to see um, my kids and you. I don't know how to address <laughs> I got one kid here and one, can I just adopt you for the day? Okay. 
But to see you guys grow up and like really make your own choices and go out in the world and figure life out. And sometimes it's hard to watch because I don't like to see you guys struggle or, um, you know, and as a mother, like, as I raised you, like it was my job to guide you and teach you and try to give, like set you up the best I could for success in teaching you with the tools that I've learned over life that are going to make life a little easier. And so then when you start thinking for yourselves and maybe deciding that you don't like the way you do, you want to do things differently than I did or whatnot, like it's actually really cool to watch you guys all kind of come into your own and figure out how you want to live your life, what kind of person you want to be. And, um, and I love that. So just another stage. Although I have to say that I think the hardest stage is like the late teen young adult stage. (laughs) And I think it's because um, I have to kind of let go of, I have to let go of that phase and watch you go out. And then also knowing like, you're not there every day for me to hang out with or to, for me, you know, like I don't not go to that choir concert or that baseball game or that soccer game or, you know, whatever it is you're interested in. I just like, now I get to observe you from a distance, like doing life, which is actually really rewarding, but it's like, that's been a little bit harder phase for me to maybe adjust to, but also equally exciting because there's super exciting things about that stage as well. So. I think my mom had a similar experience. Or I know she did. Um, my late teens, like as I was getting ready to go to college and go out on my own, and my twenties were really hard for her. And like it was just, you know, she missed. It was it was her and I kind of against the world, you know. And so she missed those things, like all of the softball games and the soccer games and the, you know, all of the different things that the rhythm of my life was they're also part of the rhythm of her life, you know, and then those things kind of separating was difficult and yeah. it was difficult for me too, you know, like in a weird way, I was excited to be like growing up and to be a young adult, but it was also a strange adjustment to not have like my mom's life and the things that dictated her life also be, you know, playing the same role in my life. It was, it was a weird adjustment time. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but it was good. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah. I appreciated that when I was that yeah, age. Exactly. To be able to make choices and, yeah. you know, do things the way that I felt was good for me. And so yeah. I honor that in my kids. Yeah. Well, and I don't know all of your kiddos, but I do know several of them, and they're awesome humans and great <laughs> they are adults awesome and human beings. And I see the positive impact that they're making in the world. And so. You know, just from an observational standpoint, I think you've raised some uh, pretty great people who Thank are going to do some really cool stuff. And that they've raised me to too. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, so <Yeah>. cute. <laughs> definitely, I've definitely I've grown so much. I think that's why, maybe also that this stage I just put this together, but maybe also that this the like young adult late teen stage is difficult, is because I have been stretched yeah. to the max yeah. on like having to learn new things and. You know, and so I've grown a lot though, yeah. which is awesome. So they, I like, I, I mean that when I say it, like they've raised me too. So, and that's what I love about, um, and maybe this is answers another question, but like, it's really cool when you just really think about families and we're put together to help each other to yeah. learn and grow. And I, when they become 
young adults and adults, like, I feel like they become more my equal. Yeah. Not that they weren't, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 We're like, we have more of a peer relationship. Yes. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, we are all in this together. We're all growing. We're all learning. We're in this life. We're doing life the best we can, and we support each other. And and Lennon's always been great at that, like, just supporting me and my things, too. So, um, yeah. So just another great thing about that stage is, which is also hard, but becoming, you know, just being there for each other. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of one of the special things about adult parents and adult children is that adult children get to show up in the adult parents' lives in a more active way Mm -hmm. and like be a support system for them, for the people who've been a support system for us our whole lives. Right. Like that's the hard part. I think though, is not to revert back to like a parenting role or a child role. Right. Like, (laughs) <laughs> we, it's so easy to do. It is. It's so easy for me to get back into giving advice and right. doing, wanting them to do the things that I, the way I want them to do things or, uh-huh. you know, and I know as a kid, like you go back to, or as an adult, you go back to your home yeah. and then you kind of revert back to like doing what you did when you lived at home. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's probably been challenging in our family because so many of us struggled a lot in young adulthood with our mental health. Yeah. Um, we all kind of had all of our issues surface between like 17 years old, 20, 21 years old, everything kind of like came up. And so even those of us who were like the golden children as kids really hit rock bottom as young adults. And so we flew the nest and we were like wanting freedom and wanting independence and then also rapidly approaching rock bottom and you just have to watch and, and want to be a mom and want to take care but then also wanting to respect boundaries and like redefine that relationship with adult children. I c- can imagine that's a very challenging thing to do. Yeah, it's a challenge but yeah. also it's just part of life. Like we mm-hmm, all have yeah. to figure out our lives and I have to give space to do that. Yeah. And I hope they all know that I'm always here for them when they need me. Yeah. So I'm sure it's tricky how to figure out how to respect the agency of your children Mm -hmm. as they grow into adults, but also remain a support system, right? Because you're like, I'm always here, but also I'm not going to make these choices for you anymore. (laughs) But agency is a huge, like I value agency a lot. And so I I think agency kind of trumps everything you know like yeah yeah. so they need to be able to make their own choices and do their own thing and and i think i've i think i've had you know confidence that my kids can do that and hopefully hopefully they feel that and you know as i have confidence in them i see that they're like you said turning into a really great human being so they are cool people yeah i think that was an important concept that was kind of instilled into us spiritually as well was the idea of finding out for yourself what you think is right and making a decision on what you want to do based on that feeling like on your conscience and on your understanding of what's right and wrong and instead of you telling us what's right and wrong and what to do you were teaching us how to communicate with that part of ourselves that could understand right and wrong for ourselves and make our own decisions and so I feel like from a young age, I could see how much you valued us making our own decisions. And you were a part of that process by teaching us how to make wise decisions and how to trust ourselves in our decisions, but not by 
making them for us, which I very much appreciate. Yeah, thank you. I tried. <laughs> I wasn't perfect at it, of course, but mm-hmm. uh, I do try. <laughs> that's a big skill. I mean, that's a wonder. That's maybe the most important thing to teach children, right? Is how to trust themselves and make good choices and figure out how to listen to that voice inside to yeah. make those choices. I'm wondering if, oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to share, like, that was something that I remember from a really young age, being taught about the warm fuzzies. Mm -hmm. And I've shared this with my kids, but just, um, uh, I was taught that if you feel the warm fuzzies inside, that that's a good thing. And so that that indicates to you that, so I've always just kind of followed the warm fuzzies. Love that. (laughs) And as I do that. Um, I don't know. I think that's just served me really well over the years that yeah. if it feels good and it feels right, it probably is. Yeah. And hopefully I've taught that to my kids. I love that. That's really cool. Yeah. Landon, has that served you as, uh, as you're growing into a young adult? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think so. Um, I think I learned early to trust that feeling and to trust my intuition in that way and to trust those warm fuzzies. Um, and that has made, I've, I've made some very life altering decisions in the last five, seven years. Um, and made them very confidently because I think I learned very young how to understand and trust what feels right um, and that can be something that feels right for myself. And then also you really taught me how to understand how my actions impact others and to value that impact that it has on others. And so a lot of my understanding of what feels right to do is based on what is going to help other people the most and make other people feel good and appreciated and valued. And um, and I think a lot of that, like a lot of my concept of like what feels good and what feels right comes from that idea of the warm fuzzies and of being compassionate and loving to other people that you taught me. That's really beautiful. I just get to witness this beautifulness (laughs) and uh, wonderful relationship that you two have, which I feel excited to get to see. Um, I'm wondering how did that guide you both maybe through Landon's coming out and transition mm. process, this like feeling of trusting the warm fuzzies and trusting those decisions. I may be skipping ahead a little bit, but it feels like a natural okay. place to answer no, yeah. that question. Yeah. You asking me or Landon? I'm asking you both. Okay. Do you want to say something or do you want me to start? Um, I can start. Um, I had a hard time, especially as like in the context of my religious belief, because I was being told on one hand what is right Mm -hmm. and what comes from the devil or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then on the other hand, I had my very clear impression of what I felt was right and wrong for myself. And those two things didn't line up. Um, But my trusting of those warm fuzzies, my trusting of what I felt inside and what my conscience was telling me, overcame the like societal and the cultural pressure in the end. Um, And that's kind of what, and it took me a long time to make those decisions and to come out. But ultimately that was guided not by pressure from 
the gay agenda, but just an understanding of myself and a desire to do what's right for me and what's right for my life and my family. Uh, so, yeah, that definitely was a very important part of that process. I think if I didn't have that trust in myself, it would have been really easy for me to be stuck where I was, influenced very heavily by what I was being told to do and not what I felt was the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, I think when Landon came out, um, I didn't know anything about what gender dysphoria was or any of that. Um, but I think because Lennon and I have always had a good relationship, uh, I just felt so grateful that Landon could come to me and have that conversation with me pretty early on. Yeah. Like I didn't like, right. I, yeah, fairly early on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like Landon was living for years in shame or anything like that in secret or hiding. Yeah. Um, like our first conversation was, I think I might be feeling this thing that I think is called gender dysphoria. <laughs> yeah, wow. which I'm sure was Lennon's way of easing me into it. And that's totally I did. Fine. I usually did know more than I let on. And I yeah. was just like, I'll give you the soft <laughs> yeah. version at first. Which I probably <laughs> really appreciated. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I interface with a lot of parents and mothers. And I hear stories of, um, you know, kids who approach their parents with, hey, I'm, I was born in the wrong body. And... Um, I'm going to transition tomorrow and yeah. uh, I started hor- hormones last week and wow. I'm scheduled for surgery in a month. <laughs> you know, like that's yeah. a little bit of an exaggeration, yeah. but you know what I mean? Oh, and by the way, like, can you please call me this name? And by these pronouns, like tomorrow. Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, the, the p- parents, their heads are spinning and you know, that's a tough place to be in. And I always felt grateful that Lennon came to me in the beginning process and he was still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and one thing, because of just who Landon always was, like, I had no reason to not believe Landon. Yeah. And I think that helped me through the process. Like, I, there was, there was no reason that I would think Landon was um, influenced by social media. At the time, there, you know, that wasn't, there was social media, but... I don't know. There was no TikToks. <laughs> it's different. It's all TikToks. Well. <laughs> but, you know, like right now there's a big thing about, you yeah. know, social contagion and all that. But yeah. um, I just believed what he said. Yeah. I guess that's the bottom line. And I think um, I think that helped me. We just moved forward. You know, yeah. I don't know. I just trusted Landon. And, and Landon was 18, so he was an adult. I was very aware that like, he's an adult and yeah. he can make whatever decisions he wants with this. And um, we, like, he didn't rush through anything. It was still a year, almost two years after that you socially transitioned mm-hmm. and, and changed then I didn't pronouns. start hormones for like another year after that. Yeah. So I had time to wrap my brain around it. I know I, I was listening to Landon's podcast when he shared his story and um he talked about that time when that period of time when he went on a mission um for our church and that you know he mentioned that my husband and I had all that time to like learn and the fact of the matter is we (laughs) stuck our heads in the sand like that's how my husband's like that I stuck my head in the sand for 18 months and I'm like I didn't stick my head in the sand but honestly there was no resources like out for me and what I was reading online was pretty scary scary. so I was just kind of what I I describe it as not bearing putting my head in the sand but I I was in a holding pattern just like a wait and see wait and see what happens holding pattern and then you know we'll deal with it when he gets home and and we did yeah Yeah. wow that's awesome I 
I think it's so beautiful that you trusted each other so mm-hmm. much, you know, like that's a lot of trust to like to bring your mom into the process of you figuring it out. Like I did the opposite with my parents. I was like, this is who I am. Deal with it. Okay. Yeah, bye. You, did, you did to your mom probably <laughs> totally, what I just described. <laughs> totally. I was like, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. You know, and I was an adult too, so yeah. I can make my own choices. Um, but it was even worse in some ways, I think then he's like, the internet was pretty new at that point. Like, I'm old. So, you know, they really didn't yeah. have much to go on. They had a lot less than yeah, I did. They had I had little. internet, but I, I was looking for more, you know, um, as Landon mentioned also in the podcast, we come from a conservative yep. faith community. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking for, how does this work with our faith? What is oh, yeah. this? You know, because the things I was hearing were parents were child abusers, um, you know, this, yeah. that, and the other. And I just, what I remember when Landon, this was after his mission, and Landon had decided to come out publicly with a Facebook post. And I remember when he pushed send on the, he came out, he's very excited. He, put, he pushed send on the post. And I said, wait, you were supposed to let me send out an email first to like some of our family. Yeah. And it's like, oops. But um, anyway, I decided I'm, I better get online because that's what my family and friends are going to be doing. They're going to hop online and they're going to read. And I want to know what they're reading. So I hopped online and what I saw was alarming and was nothing like our experience. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just nothing. And I thought, oh, this is this is going to be a journey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, one thing that I did have kind of an epiphany, I guess, at one point mm-hmm. Um where, you know, I was worried about all these decisions Lennon was going to have to make and are they the right decisions and what do I, you know, how can I guide him through this when, like, I had no idea. But uh, this epiphany I had was that I had taught Landon to make choices early on and to know how to go about doing that and I always trusted him with that and I always felt that he made good choices. And so I decided that if I was going to tell Landon that's not a good choice after he gave it a lot of thought and effort to coming up with what is good for himself. Then what I was going to do is discount all those other choices that he had made. Wow. You know, like if I'm telling him your choices aren't good now and he's using the same processes, then what is, you know, like it doesn't, Doesn't I had to just trust him. And, um, yeah. And it, as I did, I just, it worked out. I just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) That's so lovely. I mean, I really love this because it just shows, such a close bond, you know, in your family, so much trust and love built on trust and trust built on love and just really being willing to do this together, you know, and that makes it so, I mean, I feel like this is one example, but there's a million examples when your children are becoming adults where you get to walk with them, right, in different ways and yeah. I feel like that love and that trust sets we were, you up for anything. Yeah, because we were both walking into kind of, for us, uncharted yeah. territory. You yeah. know, like we had no idea and we had to go with our hearts and, yep. you know. Yeah. And yeah. so that was that was difficult. And then also realizing like, oh, there's a lot of judgment out there. Yeah. <laughs> Especially is. like being from a conservative faith community and just a conservative area in general, like yeah. in, our, in our community. Mm-hmm. Um and just not, you know, nobody really having the knowledge. No. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I, I could even ima- can't even imagine what, what your mother oh and gosh. father yeah. went through. It was Because rough. it was, yeah. What, there was nothing. How many years before Landon 
Uh, well, Landon's been out, like, came, you came to us about seven years ago, so. So, I came out in 1999. Yeah. So, it like, was a long time a ago. Lot. <laughs> yeah. And I, my parents went to their church leaders, and they were like, and, and what does this mean? <laughs> you know, and even my parents, when I came out to them, they asked, what does that mean? You yeah. know, and I had to tell and, them, and they were just like, whoa, wait a second. That's not even possible. And yeah. I was like, it is. So grateful <laughs> for all the information that we do have now yeah. and the science, science behind yeah. it. And yeah, we have a lot more now. Oh, we have so much more. I mean, yeah. when I met with the first doctors to start hormones, they were like, we have no idea what this will actually do to you over the long term. So you're just jumping in. Good luck. You know, yeah. I was like, okay, here we go. Let's do this. <laughs> but yeah, I guess it's different today. Maybe I have a question for Landon yeah. is what, I mean, I know I, I'm not a perfect mom and I wasn't, and you can probably tell many little stories <laughs> about some not great things that I said or did, which I think you did on your other podcast, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like when I was in my, like, like when you were sharing this your story. gender yeah. curious podcast. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what did it mean to you to have a mom that was willing to walk with you? You're like, what does it mean to you to have the best mom? No. <laughs> because I just, I, well, yeah, I, I can reshare the story you told on your other Yeah, podcast. no. Well, <laughs> well, I'd like to, to tie it back into that idea of trust, how you were trusting me to make decisions based on the decision-making process that you had taught me. And I, I have always felt like I was not taught behaviors as a child. I was taught attitudes. So I wasn't taught, share with your friends, you have to share with your friends. I was taught, love your friends, have compassion for your friends, therefore I want to share with my friends. So I was taught to love and to be compassionate and to think about the consequences of things and to be analytical and to, you know, and so I feel like those values caused me to have good behaviors versus just being corrected all the time and taught behaviors. And so because that's the way that I was taught. And because you always prioritized love and care and trust before the behavior, that when I came out to you, I could trust that those same values would be the first things that you would respond with. Um, because those were just so central to our family life, I guess. And so I, I was nervous. And I think I was especially nervous after hearing other people's coming out stories because it goes horribly, horribly wrong for, for a lot of people. And so I just really had it in my head that that's what it is to come out. So I did, I did kind of work myself up and get anxious, but I had the same trust in you that you had in me that we were going to make wise decisions and be doing what was best for me. And so that trust went both ways. And I, I, like, I think my greatest fear when I was coming out was that I was going to have to choose between my own health and my relationships. And I, there was this kind of in-between period where I think I pulled away a little bit from relationships just because I wasn't sure. And when I was first coming out, I feel like the attitude was a little bit of like, we can fix this. Like, let's get you on a hormone therapy to make you a girl again. Or let's get you, you know, like, let's go to a therapist and they can make this gender dysphoria go away, which always and only came out of a place of 
love and care and respect and not a disrespectful discounting of the way that I felt. You just, that was the way that you thought yeah. I would be happy and not like you, you know. It was fix it mode for sure. Like yeah. that's a pretty common Super parental common. response. Yeah. 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 But I, I don't feel like I stayed in that space very long. No, that it was, was just the initial like, like reaction. Okay, what about this? What about that? Because I, yeah. no, I knew yeah. nothing. I just knew like this could be hormonal or it could be whatever. You know, that's, yeah. that's the way I was thinking. But yeah. Lennon is also really great at just like telling me how it is too sometimes. <laughs> and I remember like I was in kind of that fix it mode and he just looked at me and he's like, mom, I don't need to be fixed. Nice. And I'm like, okay, plan B. <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> yeah. And we That's just, awesome. we just moved forward. Yeah. You know? like, wow. Yeah. I think we had very, very open communication and I think we both are pretty good at expressing ourselves. Our listeners might not agree that I'm good at expressing myself, but I think we're no, we're pretty good at yeah. at expressing our feelings and understanding our own feelings. And so um, we had a very open dialogue. And I did like I I would get nervous, and I like somebody would react, and I was just so sensitive and so insecure and so afraid that I would be really a little oversensitive to it, and I think react too strongly to things sometimes or get too defensive. Um, but we worked through it together i don't like i don't think there was a point where we were estranged or separated like there were times where maybe there were like moments that were rough but overall we both stayed a part of the process together and wanted to figure it out together so that we could maintain the relationship and if i was going to I don't want to say be a new me because I've always been me. I've been the same person. But like if I'm going to discover myself and let that self like be realized, like I wanted you to know that person and you wanted you to know that person. And I wanted our, if our relationship needed to shift because of that, then I wanted it to happen together and like on our combined terms. Um, so it was, it was, I think, in a lot of ways, a unique experience to have you be a part of that entire journey with me and one that I am forever grateful for. I can't even imagine what it would have been like to go through the challenges that I went through without having been able to maintain, like, I, like our family was the foundation of my life. And I, if that would have fallen out from under me, it would have been infinitely harder. And you are the, like, icky sticky stuff that keeps our family together you know but <laughs> you, you are the glue between everything so so it was really really important that I have you playing that role and and being that mediator and being that support so thank you and I'm just gonna jump in that um, I guess the glue doesn't have anything to stick to if I, <laughs> if everybody's you know runs so I really appreciated Landon, um, I told Landon in the beginning, I said, look, I, I didn't even realize this about myself, but I quickly learned that I needed to process things by talking about it. Yeah. I think I'm the only one in my family that needs, <laughs> that needs that. I'm a t like, I just, I can't process alone. Like I have to verbalize and talk it out. And so I, I told him, I said, look, I need to ask you questions. Yeah. I might say something stupid or unintentionally hurtful, but, sure. but could you help me out so that I can get through this? And literally in the, in the middle, sometimes mid sentence of me saying probably something really stupid or, you know, like, but just trying to figure something out, yeah. I would learn what I needed to learn. Wow. 
And I, I remember specifically one, you know, where I just like stopped the conversation because I'm like, I just, I just had that little epiphany. I don't need to, like, I just had, I just processed that. Yeah. I don't need to talk about it anymore. And, and I am forever grateful for Landon giving me that space and like the patience he had. I mean, I'm sure, like, I, I remember a few eye rolls, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but I, it was okay. Like, yeah. I appreciated that he, you know, I really had to process like, okay, so like you've been best friends with your sister for all these years and now you're a brother and you have a different relationship with your brother and like, how does this work? It was just, and then I realized, and you just mentioned this, Landon, is that Landon is the same person. Yeah. Like, and that was a real, that was another like odd epiphany I kind of had one day. It was just, Landon's the same Landon that I've always known. Oh. And why should I think that his relationships with his siblings would change or right. with me that they would change, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just appreciate that Landon worked with me on that one because that's not always the case with other yeah. um, families that I've Absolutely, you know, yeah. I mean, again, I think that is a testament to the strength of your family and your relationship as mother and son and, you know, that, that bond I know that I didn't trust my parents enough to sit in that with them or to let them be a part of the process. It's like, this is what's happening. You get like a, a notice, <laughs> you know, and don't get to process it with me. You have to process it on your own because I wasn't able to let them into that process. And I think that made it a lot harder for us. You know, it, made, it took a lot longer for them to understand what was happening, for us to support one another, you know, through through life in lots of ways from my transition to everything else. So yeah, yeah. that's just a, that's a big testament to I feel like how mature all of you are and how you trusted each other enough to do that. And can you share yeah. like the time when yeah. that connection with your mom, yeah. like that you made that connection, that reconnection, I guess, like, yeah. can you share that? Cause Definitely. I, I just, I've always loved hearing, I've heard you talk very tenderly about your parents yeah, and, I love them. um, yeah, you know, that's, that was a hard time, I'm sure, for them and for you. you know? Yeah, I think, I mean, I wish I had been a lot more patient and a lot more willing to make them a part of the process because I definitely, like, said, this is who I'm going to be. And as soon as they resisted a little bit, it was like, nope, no, you don't get to be a part of it. And that was not fair to them and made it, I think, a lot harder for them and me. Um and resulted in, you know, kind of a decade of us not really being involved in each other's lives, which... You know, on this end of it, I feel I felt frustrated and angry with during the time. But on this end of it, I realized it was just as much my choice, if not more my choice than theirs, you know, because I was the one saying uh, drawing a hard boundary, um, which maybe I needed at the time. But probably would have been easier for all of us if they would have been a part of some of these things. Um, just looking back. Um, and I think they wanted to be. I just didn't have the courage to let them in, you know, I needed yeah. to stand on my own. Um, but my mom, so my mom and I, for most of my twenties were, you know, pretty estranged. She actually ended up moving back to West Virginia to take care of her mother at, during her end of life, um, which was very important to her. And I respected that. Um, cause they had a challenging relationship. Um, but you know, she got to be there at the end, um, which was important to my mom and, just the kind of person she is, you know, she always shows up when people need her. That's who she is. Um, so 
you know, I was figuring out life and it was, gosh, what year was this? Was it 2011? It was 2011. So I was 31. Um, and, you know, we would talk on the phone and we'd seen each other, you know, sort of in and out. Like I would stop on my way to somewhere else or something like that. But it's always a little difficult. And, you know, we didn't really ever sit down and really talk through anything. Um, and so my mom actually ended up where she was disabled and couldn't live on her own anymore. And so she needed a place to live and a place to be. And so we had a discussion where it was just like, all right, well, you know, okay, you can't live on your own anymore. It sounds like it's time for you to come back to Arizona because that's where I'm, I'm at and I'm your child and I can take care of you and give you a space in my home to, to live. Um, and I was like, you know, I, I need you to be okay with who I am, you know, to do that. And the first year was, us kind of adjusting to each other again, you know, and getting to know each other again, which was different and like in a different power dynamic, you know, a different yeah. relationship of I'm the adult child taking and ten years care is of a long time ten years to a long be time. away, yeah. especially during that period of your life. Yeah, it is, you know, and I'm in my thirties, you know, and my mom and I hadn't been close since I was a teenager, you know, and so that's a, a lot of change had happened, you know, for both of us. Um, uh, but, I think the big turning point was the next year for her when I had top surgery. Um, it was this moment where, you know, you two have been in it together. We were in it together during that because I needed a caretaker, you know, and I asked her, I was like, do you, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have top surgery. Do you want to take care of me after? Do you want me to have a friend come and stay? Or you want me to go stay with someone else? And she was like, no, I want to. And I was like, are you sure? It's a lot, you know, this is a lot to ask of someone and she was like I want to she's like I'm always taking care of you after surgery I want to take care of you and I was like okay and so um, you know so I got my top surgery and it was I think I don't know if it was like how happy she saw I was afterwards like even though it's painful you know like I just had a huge smile on my face the whole time where I was like this is the best you know and <laughs> was just so happy um, but something just changed for her you know and i think also i gave her the chance to be my mom again like she got to take care of me you know <laughs> she got to be a part of the process instead of me keeping her at you know a distance um and i'll never forget uh, i still have it um, this little like she kept a little log of the the fluid color and stuff because you know you have to yep <laughs> track all the how many ounces of fluid and discharge and things and so she just kept this cute little log book where she was writing all these cute notes and saying he and he's doing so well and he's so happy and you know it just changed for her then and she just never looked back and so i don't know i'm grateful for that time and i if my mom hadn't needed to come and live with me i don't know if we would have ever had that moment and so i'm really grateful for you know being able to have her in my life in this way where you know, I don't know. We got to like actually become mother and son again and become friends and like, you know, really yeah. care for each other again. Yeah. So, I'm glad yeah. you had the, that opportunity. Yeah, me too. It was really special. And yeah, you know, it's Very a, cool. it's an interesting journey, but I'm really grateful for it and really glad that she gets to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And that I get to be a part of that for her, you know? Like, yeah. Now we're like each other's medical buddies. <laughs> like, <laughs> go to like doctor's appointments together and, yeah, you know. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it's cute. It's nice. Yeah. We need each other, right? We do. And family's really important, you know? And uh, 
I definitely missed family and that connection during my 20s. And so I feel lucky to have that again. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. You had mentioned a minute ago, Mom, about how I was the same person and my relationships didn't have to change. Um, but a lot of my relationships, there was a different pressure on them and different expectations for them. So going from having a sister relationship with Anya, like it was normal how close I was with Anya. Then when we became brother and sister, it was less normal how close I was mm -hmm. with Anya. Like there was a different expectation for what our relationship was supposed to look like. Um, and I, I, in a lot of a lot, a lot of ways, am grateful that I was raised as a girl because there are a lot of types of relationships that I don't think I ever would have been able to have. And I don't know that I would have as close of a relationship with you if I wasn't your daughter mm -hmm. as a child. You know, like the types of activities that we got to do together, the types of ways that we got to bond, um, I think were different because I was your daughter at the time. Yeah. Um, do you feel like your and it, this is such a hard question because your relationship with every single one of your kids is so different because they're just individual human beings. But do you feel like there was a difference in raising sons versus daughters? And that can be in your relationships or in the types of expectations that were placed on you or in how people viewed how you were supposed to raise them or whatever it may be. Yeah. I don't really have, I'm not really aware or I, I wasn't really aware of that. Like, I feel like I kind of raised you all the same, but but raising girls is different than raising boys. I mean, just in the activities that you do and just how um, how girls do, like, connect differently, um, you know, with, with their moms or with other people. Yeah. So, yeah, I haven't really given that too much thought. But I, I don't feel like I, um, I did anything different. I didn't, um, you know, we... My oldest is a boy, so we had, and Landon is the second. So we had boy toys and girl toys, and I didn't care who played with what. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it would be interesting to ask all my kids if they felt like I parented differently mm -hmm. because they were a boy or a girl. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and I, yeah, I don't, I don't think so, but do you feel that I did? Or do you feel like I had to parent differently for? No, I don't. I don't think so. Um, maybe in like little tiny things. But for the most part, I felt like I was allowed to be whatever kind of kid I wanted. And I want like I we, my room was like a baby purple color. And I wanted that. That's yeah. called and lavender. Like, <laughs> It wasn't, it was, it was more pink than lavender though. Um, but, uh, I like, I wanted to have baby dolls and Polly Pockets and little animal figurines. Like I wanted the like girl toys, so to speak. But then I also played with the airplanes and the Hot Wheels and the Star Wars figurines that are from a Star Wars board game. It pains me. I loved those Star Wars toys so much. They're from a board game that's worth thousands of dollars now wow. where stop producing it we <laughs> broke all of the pieces of playing with them as kids I think we actually hurt. still have the game though That's they great. probably it's not worth as much with how yeah. much we ruined it but anyway like i i feel like i was allowed to play make believe in any way that i wanted and my like i just have such a creative life and so much of my life revolves around creativity and so a lot of that like 
playing pretend and having creative outlets that were both masculine and feminine, I think was really important to me. And I don't think you raised me like to be a girl. And like, yeah, would, like when our family got dressed up, I would be dressed up in a dress and I didn't like having long hair that had to get brushed. And like, there were things that I didn't, I didn't like about like the girl expectations for how to like dress and be. Um, but I would like, I, it was not every single day that I had to wear a dress. You know, like, I don't feel like you really put that pressure on me. I feel like I was allowed to be who I wanted to be. And that was very different than I think how a lot of my girlfriends were raised who also had brothers. I feel like there was a huge difference in expectation between them and their brothers. And I didn't feel that between me and my brothers. And I wonder if there was just um, a difference in their interests too, though. Like you, I wouldn't have called you like a girly girl mm-hmm. when you were younger. In fact, even when you were a baby, for some odd reason, cause you were my first daughter, you know, <laughs> that I birthed and, and I didn't dress you in pink. You just didn't strike me as a, pink baby that made me trans mommy <laughs> to the in pink. you were like i dressed you in plenty girly clothes but they just they, it wasn't like the kind of the stereotypical but when anya was born it was all pink because it was just it, yeah i find it interesting wow. now looking back huh. i mean you did have some pink things but it just yeah i don't know hmm. and i um you know what you said about like relationships different like usually mother-daughter relationships are different than mother-son relationships. And I would have to say that's true and that your relationship with me is different from your brother's in different ways. Yeah. Um, but I definitely don't think of Landon like as my daughter anymore. Yeah. Right. Um, and yet he's very different than my sons. So I just always say like, Landon is my Landon, <laughs> you know, because like we do have a really unique yeah. relationship that I value and love so much, you know, yeah. it's just, it's, and I think that's true for each of my kids. Yeah. You know, I have a different relationship, you know, in different ways with each of my kids. So yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. It's really special. I, I wonder what, uh, I don't know. Well, I think like my mom was my Girl Scout troop leader, right? And like I'm comfortable talking about that now. And she she's the one who kind of giggles when like she's like, <laughs> you know? and I'm like, you don't have to say it was Boy Scouts. It wasn't Boy Scouts. It was Girl Scouts. It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, when I look back on things like that, I just think, you know, it's part of Landon's life. And yep. Like exactly. Yeah. Every part of you. You know, we we all change and evolve over time and yeah. I don't know I don't think of it as I don't look back and and mourn right yeah but I went through a period of that don't get me wrong parents yeah. if any of you are listening like that's a very normal that's a part of it stage yeah. of yeah. you know kind of going through a grief and mourning of like losing a daughter or whatnot yeah. but um but I don't look back now there's a few things I, I really do miss yeah um well really one what? and that's listening to Lennon sing Mm. So I'm I'm looking forward to when he gets those that voice back and it'll be different, but it'll be yeah beautiful. So I do miss that because that was um uh well I don't know if you asked me this already, but it was we we talked about it maybe before we got in here about just um things that I don't even know what the question actually was, but just looking back on, on my kids and seeing like like having moments with my kids where I saw something in their life that brought out their confidence and like 
oh, this is what this is what Landon's supposed to do. And I remember like the specific moment that I knew that Landon needed music in his life mm-hmm. because it was going to be super meaningful. And it was when he was eight. And um, and so like from that moment on, like it was music, music, music. And mm-hmm. um, and so like I think that's what makes me kind of sad about that part mm-hmm. is that like that was just such a big part of Landon's I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it, but to me as a mom looking at it is like just a part of Landon's life that really, really enriched yeah. his life. Yeah. And then of course, you know, the voice changes. And so you don't quite yeah. have, like you got to work at. Yeah, yeah I at did. That, yeah. I did have to. And that's part of what took me so long to go on hormones was that that's what I wanted to do. Like I was studying music in college. I wanted to do vocal performance. I wanted to do music education for a time and, it's really hard to teach somebody like I couldn't keep teaching voice lessons if I can't yeah. like I don't know how to sing anymore and I could have taken voice lessons through it and like I can take voice lessons now and there's plenty of trans people who can sing yeah but that isn't something that I was able to do at the time and so I just had to choose like my health and sanity yeah. but music was also a part of my health and sanity so yeah it was that was a really big part of my life and so it was weird to let that go and did kind of feel like, well, who am I going to be now mm-hmm. if I don't have these same hobbies and interests? To kind of re- and, redefine yeah. Yeah. who you are. Yeah. Interesting. But you have. Mm-hmm. I have, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I podcast. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> well, I feel like uh, I also have don't know how to sing anymore after mm-hmm. voice changing. Maybe we should take voice lessons together. Yeah, that would be so cool. I would like to actually learn how to sing. I used to play musical instruments, you and that's something like, I let go in my transition, which I should still do. So you yeah. can do start like a band. beginning pod, <laughs> yes. a beginning podcast where you start out with your voice. You give us a it. sample of your voice now, and like then it. take some lessons, and then give us a sample. I like it in a oh, few months. Okay, <laughs> this might be might be something we embark on here. I have a random question. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to turn out. I don't know how to segue back into it. Okay. But um, when talking about um, you said earlier that there was kind of this feeling or assumption that people who like queer kids who came out must have been abused by their parents or their parents had no control over them or there's some issue with parenting that has caused, you know, like the nature versus nurture. Clearly it's not natural to be queer. So it must have been the nurture. Like it must have been the parents' fault somehow or some abuse somewhere. And is that a pressure that you felt or is that something that you were confronted with? And how did you find confidence in your parenting and your understanding of your child through that pressure? I maybe had a split second where it's like, what did I do? Like, what could I have done better? You know, but like, it was very fleeting for me, but your dad had a little bit longer time getting through that, like really wondering, cause he traveled a lot when they were younger and he's like, maybe I needed to be home more. What, you know, what did I, like, what did I do? What did I not do? And right. like, he grappled with that a little bit more, but I don't know. I think just what gave me confidence is, like I felt like I knew you, like I really knew the kid that you were. And like I said earlier, like I believed you and I don't think, I don't know. I just couldn't find like, what could I, what did I do to cause this or something? Like I just, 
I don't know. I just didn't worry about that. Yeah. I, I don't know how to articulate it really, but it is something, um, especially because like after you came out, but before, um, after you came out to me, but before you came out publicly, when I couldn't really talk about it and, and we were in that holding pattern, you know, I'd, I'd sit in on conversations here and there and I'd hear about parents who do this or child abusers and parents that, the you know, mm-hmm. these parents, um, whatever you hear about absentee dads or absentee, you know, and I just thought it just didn't resonate with me with the kind of relationship we had with Landon, you know, I, yeah. So it just wasn't really a concern, but I do know that that was um, something that your dad had to work through a little bit more and many, many parents um, kind of go through that yeah. where they just wonder if they did something that if they could have done something differently. Yeah. But I think most parents get to the place where you got to faster. I think because you had such a strong relationship with Landon of trusting your kid. And so trusting them and what they're saying in their process. And like, I feel like that's where I see it. That's where I saw my parents get to eventually. That's where I saw, um, that's where I see a lot of parents kind of, even if they do kind of question, Oh, did I do something that like made this a thing for my child? Eventually parents get to a place where, which I would like to see a lot more of like, I actually think the answer to making sure that we have healthy trans kids and healthy LGBT kids in general and just healthy kids is having strong relationships with their parents because then, you know, right. Just like you're saying, like when your kid comes out to you, you're not going, Oh, I don't know about that. You're going like, Oh yeah, I really know my kid and I trust them and I know they know how to make good decisions. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. You know, like that's the answer for me is like, having yeah. those strong bonds. And I have the opportunity now to work with many, many parents and yeah. to be a support yeah. for, for parents and, and for some kids too. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing, you know, some parents come to me and tell me their story and it, their story involves many years of their child being rebellious or maybe getting involved with substance abuse or a different crowd of people. And, and, and then and oh, and now this, right. you know, as it's another rebellious act, and right. I have to try to help them. Uh, I mean, I don't know their story. All sure. I mean, I don't, I don't know their family too well, so I, 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 this is not prescriptive for them. But I, I try to give them the idea that maybe some of those things that they were doing might have been a result of some internal turmoil that they're going through, mm-hmm. and and that you know that maybe they just kind of need to flip that yeah. like. Cause, yeah. cause and effect kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it is harder for parents after years of like having a kid that's been rebellious for years mm-hmm. and then they come out, it's hard for that parent to trust because they don't know, is this just another rebellious act? Right. So, I mean, again, I feel grateful that that was not part of our story. So I didn't have to go through that. That's another process you have to go through is like yeah. figuring out, can I, is this a real thing or is this just a crazy thing that they're doing? Cause all their friends are, but like, right. Landon, Landon knew gay people, but, Never, I don't think you ever had met a transgender person at the time. And Not that I knew of. Didn't really have the vocabulary even I, until college. I didn't yeah. meet another trans person until after I came out. Wow. Yeah. Like I did it like by myself. I didn't wow. know any other trans people. And it, that's so hard. that's lonely, wow, right? And you buddy. didn't either, right? Like. <laughs> well, I met I met a trans person at a, like a group meeting, okay. and then I came out and like just kind of figured it out, and you know went from there. But yeah. I didn't, I didn't have a strong community at first either, which, yeah. you know, but it, I feel like 
it was harder to find each other. It's a, then I'm sure a very ways. lonely mm-hmm. place for you guys, yeah. right? And it's yeah. a lonely place for parents too, especially like after Landon came out and before he was public. Like it was so lonely because I knew no parents. Yeah, I had no resources. Like, oh gosh, that I felt were going to be good for me. Yeah, and um, and that's one of the reasons I do what I do now, which is being involved in that community, helping parents. Yeah, because I don't want. Any first of all, I don't want any child to go unloved and unsupported, but I don't want any parent to be alone either yeah. and to feel lonely. So sometimes Lana teases me like, "Mom, like you got to get over this LGBT <laughs> thing," you know. But I just I do it because I feel like yeah. that's the way I can contribute yep. in a positive way, absolutely um, to families. Yeah, and so that's that's my way. And then I found that I kind of like. I kind of like being in the adventure of everything. I love it. <laughs> because this, you know, I like being involved. And so, like, working with you, I've yeah. had an opportunity to work with you a little bit and yeah. just be in, like, put myself in maybe unfamiliar territory, yeah. but just so that I can stand up for um, what I think is right and for for kids and families yeah. that That's are going through this. It's, it's a, such a hard road yeah. of a lot of judgment and a misunderstanding for these families. So yeah, yeah. I do my best there and, and that's been, that's been fun. So that's why I kind of keep in this world. Of it. It. I've always been so proud of you for doing that. Yeah. And just proud to have you as a mom. Yeah. And even like at the first LGBTQ conference that we went to, people were like, Oh, you're a parent and you're having a hard time. You have to meet Monica. You have to meet Landon's mom. And you're like, me? Like, I don't know anything. Like, I don't know what's going on yet. But you've just always been like a rock for people and a support for people. And you just have it in you to give and to support and to care for others. And you've been, you know, like we said when we were talking about what motherhood looks like for you, that you have five kids, but you have hundreds of kids because every friend we've ever, ever had has been your kid. And even like my roommate now, you're like, I want to adopt him. Like, you know, like you have always taken I can't everybody adopt him under because your wing. He wing. has a fabulous mother. He does have a fabulous <laughs> She's mother. Amazing. She yes. will also do an episode yeah. with her for yes. sure. But um, yeah, like there, you just take so many people under your wing and into yeah. your heart. Yeah. And I think that's a part of motherhood that a lot of people who aren't biological mothers or can't be biological mothers can experience, and is just as valuable. And I'm, I don't know, I'm just so proud to have you as a mom. And I've always loved, loved, loved that you were, like, we had friends that would call you, like, Mama Phillips or oh. you, Mama Number Two. Like, you were just everybody's mom and took everybody in and oh, supported wow. everybody. And I, I love what you do. And I do tease you about how I don't think about being gay or talk <laughs> about being gay and trans as much as I do when I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're always, I love it. like, I'll stop by, or when I was, like, living in your house and I'd leave for work, I'd, like, stop through the living room and I'd I'd leave 10 minutes earlier than I needed to leave because I know I would talk to you about LGBT stuff before <laughs> I left. <laughs> I love it. But, but I love, like, I, I tease you about it, but I'm, like, so happy about it and proud of it. And, and I'm still yeah. learning every day from... Yeah. From Landon, from you, yeah. like I just, and I have people asking me questions that I don't have the answers for. So sure. I do look to Landon a lot for like his thoughts, and yeah. of course, like every transgender person is different, and their journey yeah. is different, and they use different vocabulary surrounding their experience. And so, yeah. um, you know, I always 
Mike, tell me about this, Landon. And sometimes he's like, well, for me, I don't, you know, I don't use that, those words, but so I, I'm constantly learning and he allows me to, which again, like he's always been patient. That's so good. I I feel like you, you are an incredible advocate. You're very, very good. And I will never forget being in Washington DC with you and your husband and seeing like actual senators and people who helped to lead our country, like basically brought to tears because of your story and like really finding a new way to think about and love and care about LGBT families and trans people. Um, so you're an incredible advocate, but I think that's also because you're an incredible mom. Like oh, I think that's, you. these seem mm-hmm. very tied together. It's just your passion for, your kids and for families in general just really comes across as an advocate. Like you're very good at it, I think because you're just an awesome mom. Thank you. And I, you guys had a question, um, for me that I said, don't ask me that in the beginning because I don't know, I don't know what my answer is, but it was something about, um, how, what is it? Like what does being a mom, what does being a mom mean to you? And I think for me, like, I think, being a, what being a mom has done for me is it's helped me become the person I feel like I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I could never have made I could never be who I am today if it weren't for my kids and their challenges and my own challenges and, you know, all of that work together. So just as everybody else has their own journey that's going to get them where they need to be, like this has, like being a mom has been my journey and it's been a pleasure to be on that journey with each one of my kids, even though like, I have struggles with, like, we have struggles. Yeah. Um, we are not immune to of any of that. And I'm not per- a perfect mom by any means. But I do feel like I've been a good mom. Um, and, I, and I do my best. And so for me, being a mom is about being who I'm supposed to be, becoming who I'm supposed to be. Oh my gosh, you're like making me a tear. I love this. And you're also making me want to be a parent. Oh. Right? That's a difficult thing to do in life. I'm pretty dead set against that. But I'm like, maybe. Monica makes well, this sound really be, awesome. Like Landon just said, you can be a parent to any number of people who need support. And yeah. you are, you just have like the kindest, most loving nature. And we all like, just love you. As Landon has said, like we're obsessed with you. I'm obsessed <laughs> with you all too. The Phillips family are just the amazing Phillips family. And my life is better for knowing you all. Oh, and thank you. Yeah. I just think you all are so great. And gosh, I just, I want this model of being parents and LGBTQ children to like, I, I just want other parents to learn it, you know, and like, don't, don't back away from your children or your family. I wish I would have known you all when I came out because, gosh, I just really wish my parents would have been able to be a part of my journey, especially my mom. Like well, My mom and I have – it was really us against the world for a long time. And so I wish I wouldn't have missed out on those 10 years of her, you know, not being able to be a part of my journey because yeah. she's such an important part of my life. Yeah, and I'm sure she feels likewise. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time – it was a different time. It was. It's and true. I, even though I didn't have anybody in the beginning, yeah. like once we found, yeah. once we found it, like we had a lot of support that there was just not available for your mother. Yeah. And so that had to be a, just a really, really difficult road. Yeah. Because like me and the moms I connect with, I mean, we, we help each other a lot. Oh, and it's funny because yeah. I do have a group of like moms that we chat regularly yeah. and we're all parents of LGBTQ kids. But the things we chat about typically are not our LGBTQ right. kids. 
it's just life, like having, you know, just finding connections with people. And so it's been really awesome to connect. I've met the most amazing mothers on this journey, which is another thing I'm super grateful for that I never would have had the opportunity to meet just some of the most incredible people. Yeah. Moms are amazing. I really world would not function without y'all. Life would be pretty awful without moms just making the world a better place and, you know, taking for responsibility me, for everybody. Be, for know? me, it would be awful without kids. Yes. So. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. It's so good. I just, man, gosh, dang it. Your passion for parenting is definitely wearing off on me. I gotta, I gotta stop this podcast. <laughs> subject. I know. <laughs> I gotta have kids now. <laughs> well, but I love it. That's very cool. And I love that you're also there for other moms. Like, gosh, I wish my mom would have had that. I know. Just a community I wish moms. she did too because oh. it made all the difference in the world for me yeah. to have those connections. Yeah. And that's, you know, people you can ask questions of, right? And you can relate to their experience. Like, I know for I having, still want to meet your mom. I want you to meet my I mom too. I still want to be that person yes. for your mom. <laughs> I would love that. I, Someday. <laughs> when, our, when our house is remodeled, which we're almost done with, you all are coming over for dinner. I'm going to, yes, I'm yes, yes. not going to cook, but I'll barbecue because I'm, not good at cooking, but I'm good at barbecuing. So okay, come over. It's a man thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've just never been good at cooking. Just not good you at gotta it. You got to teach Landon how to barbecue. Okay. I am good at barbecuing. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yes, we will We will have a whole thing and you will get to know my mom. It'll be cute. Yeah. I feel honored that you invited me here for this special Mother's Day episode. Oh so thank gosh. you guys so much. I, I feel honored to here. have you as a mom. Oh, thank you. I love you so much. I love you too. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. And happy Mother's Day to all of our listeners and to your moms and to anybody in your life who's been like your mom. We are so grateful for motherhood. We are so grateful for you. We're so grateful for Michael's mom. And we hope you all have a fantastic Mother's Day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Gender Curious. You can find us weekly on every major podcast provider on Facebook at Gender Curious Podcast and Instagram at Gender Curious Pod. Please like, follow, and share, and it would mean so much to us if you could leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you're using to listen. If you have any questions or just want to reach out, you can email us at hi, that's H-I, at gendercuriouspod.com. We would also love to hear stories about your amazing moms. So feel free to email us uh, with stories about your amazing moms or amazing moms with your stories. We'll be back next week with another episode. And until then, stay, stay curious. curious. Gender Curious is recorded at Full Swing Studios and is a member of the One Community Podcast Network.